Welcome to It's Your Life, Live It Well. I'm your host, Rick Hewitt, from Body Balance Massage and Skin Care Spa in Hoboken, New Jersey. I will be interviewing guests on wellness topics that will help you improve the quality of your life. I'm really excited that you're listening to our podcast today, where we have Haley Harzinski, a registered dietitian, talking with us about many things on nutrition, including plant-based eating, proteins, carbs, fiber, supplements, juicing, hiring a dietitian, supermarket shopping, organic foods, and many more things. Please note that this podcast is for general information purposes only. The use of this information, related links, and show notes is at the user's own risk. So without further ado, here's our podcast with Haley Harzinski. So on today's show, we have Haley Harsinski, and if I didn't say that just right, you can correct me. Um, Haley is a registered dietitian nutritionist, RDN, and certified dietitian nutritionist, CDN, based in the New York City, New Jersey area. She received her Bachelor of Science in Nutrition at the University of Massachusetts, Amherst, and completed her dietetic internship at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. Haley holds her certificate in plant-based nutrition from eCornell and has worked closely with numerous pioneers in the plant-based nutrition and medical field. Haley has experience working in both the inpatient and outpatient setting, as well as experience working with diverse populations. Thank you, Haley, for being here. I'm excited to talk about nutrition with you. So maybe I, we're, we're going to be bouncing around talking about a lot of different things, but Maybe you can start by telling us a little bit about what this inpatient and outpatient setting means because you're, you're working in the hospital now, right? Yes, yes. I work at Lenox Hill Hospital in Manhattan. As a dietitian, there's a lot of paths you can kind of explore in the field. Um, so the path that I'm in now is the inpatient path, which means that you're working in a hospital and you're kind of assigned to different floors in the hospital. So every patient that comes in the hospital I, is ideally seen by the dietitian to make sure they're you know on the right diet. If they have any questions, kind of to provide education to the patient about what they should be eating, what they shouldn't be eating. And uh, like I was you know talking to you earlier, there's different types of patients in the hospital. So some patients are you know relatively healthy coming in for procedure. Um, maybe have diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So kind of just going over and making sure they're adequately, you know, getting their nutrients and make sure they don't have any questions about their diet. And then there's other populations that are very, very sick and ill. Oftentimes can't even eat by mouth because they're being kind of like supported by a ventilator because they're having difficulty breathing. So for those patients, it's kind of figuring out how do we feed them? And there's different routes that we can feed the patient that aren't necessarily by eating normal food. Wow, it sounds like a really um, stressful environment, intense <laughs> environment, right? Yeah, so um, sometimes, you know, patients are there for a very long time, and you can see from when they, for example, first got intubated, um, which is where the ventilator is supporting their breathing, and you start them on tube feeds or TPN, which we can talk more about what that means. And then eventually, hopefully, they'll get extubated. They may get on a diet. Then you can actually talk to them and kind of 
go from there so you can see people progress which is great but you know not always so that's that can be tough too so one of the things uh, that I wanted to cover today was more about you know from folks who are relatively healthy so what can you tell us about assessing somebody's uh, health as it uh, as it relates to to nutrition mm-hmm so health is really complicated right. and a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about being healthy. You know, you often hear, oh, she's skinny or he's skinny, so they must be healthy. But, you know, that doesn't always, you know, correlate to being healthy, being skinny. So it is complex and it's a different journey for everyone. And that's kind of the hardest part. There's not one solution to being healthy for each person is, is very unique and different. So kind of, you know, really assessing the patient, um, the client that you're working with, seeing what they do currently, right? Asking them, take me through a day of eating for you. Take me through a day of just what you do throughout the day. Are you exercising? Are you stretching? Or, you know, are you stressed at work? A lot of factors play into health. And, you know, also another important aspect is figuring out what are the goals of the of the client that you're working with or the patient you're working with. Everyone has different goals, so you don't want to assume anything. So kind of like getting a history of what, what they're currently doing, kind of what their goals are, and then working with the patient to really create specific goals to getting on a track to health is kind of where you would start when you're working with someone. Okay. So, But as far as testing, do you... Do you look at blood work or other things? So yeah, you definitely can look at blood work. A good kind of um, starting point would be to like get a cholesterol level, triglycerides, LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, HDL, which is the good good cholesterol in our diet, in our in our blood, and kind of assessing that would be a good place to start to kind of look at heart health. You can look at someone's A1C, which is a measurement of their blood sugars over the last three months. Um, And depending on the level, it could indicate they have prediabetes or full-blown diabetes. So that would be another important um, lab to look at. You know, you can get like a full a full um, metabolic panel, which would look at like their electrolytes. But on a day-to-day basis, it's more important to look at like the cholesterol level, their blood sugars, seeing where they're at. A lot of people like to like nitpick at, you know, different things in their health, but working with someone to just get overall health covered. So kind of just learning the basics and not worrying about, am I getting this micronutrient, that micronutrient, looking at diet as a whole instead and kind of seeing, am I getting, you know, a colorful rainbow of vegetables every single day rather than focusing on which antioxidants does this vegetable have versus this one? If you're just kind of trying to make your plate as colorful as possible, and we'll talk more about kind of how to set up your plate with, you know, carbohydrates, protein, fat, all that stuff. But if you're just, you know, having a well-balanced meal for every meal, you're likely getting all of the nutrients you need. And then like... That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I, I tend to find that like... Start I saying, easy, start basic. Exactly, and then kind of, if you really need to, then you delve into it more. If not... Exactly. Yeah. I think we like to focus on the small little things, but in over just thinking of your health in general and overall and kind of just trying to be balanced rather than... Am I getting this nutrient? Am I getting this nutrient? You know, if you're if you're eating relatively balanced, you're going to be getting things throughout the day that you need. What's your view? I, I've heard so much about uh, three meals a day, two meals a day, snacking, mm-hmm. uh, fasting. I mean, these are all things that people do. Usually, 
you know, focused on, on the weight, right? That's usually, mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier about skinny or not so skinny. Yeah. Uh, folks are obsessed weighing themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, a lot of it is, is how often, what's the guideline or the recommendation in general for like a healthy adult as far yeah. as eating and your personal view on two meals a day, three meals a day, snacking, et cetera? Yeah. So I think, again, it varies with the patient, right? So there's different factors. So like if, the wor- your work schedule, for example, right? Some people work a night shift. Some people have a more varied work schedule. Like that's going to also affect when you can eat, when you can't eat. I think that certain, also certain um, conditions require certain timing. So for example, if you have like acid reflux, for example, they recommend that you do small frequent meals throughout the day rather than three big meals, which can you know be hard to get down if you have issues with acid. Like for something like that, you know, small frequent meals. But if you can, you know, if you are someone that likes to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and not snack in between, as long as you're not like getting super hungry by lunch and you want to just eat really quick, then that's fine. But if you're someone that you realize like, you know, lunch is coming up and you're like, oh my God, I need food. I'm so, so hungry. Like you might benefit from like a nice balanced snack in between breakfast and lunch. My, my philosophy is listening to your body which can be tough because I feel like with all of the advertising and all of the social media influence, like we, we think we should be doing certain things because we see it done in the media and instead we forget to listen to our body. So we're so, you know, away from our body that it's hard to kind of listen to what we need. Some days you're going to have to eat more. Some days your body wants more nutrients than other days. So trying to get back to listening to our body, I think will be really important for getting on track for being healthy. Yeah, and it's definitely true that, you know, if you're like working or going to school based on your schedule, the eating really is managed around all that. Uh, We've all gotten caught up in doing something. And as soon as you know, you've been like, oh my God, I haven't eaten. I forgot about lunch or I forgot about dinner and I'm not starving, right? Because you were so focused in whatever you were actually doing that you realized I didn't really have to eat, but I am kind of getting a little hungry now. I am going to go ahead and eat. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so much information out there. And it, yeah. And you don't know, should you eat every four hours, or every six hours? But I think you're right. I think most people do it around their schedule. And it's mm-hmm. like, I have time to eat now. Yeah. So then they're going to go ahead and eat. I mean, as a basic guideline, we recommend, you know, having the heavier, uh, like, eating more towards the beginning of the day rather than at the end because food is fuel, right? It's also right. pleasure. You know, we yeah. enjoy eating. Sure. It's social aspect eating mm-hmm. as with, with people. But the basic, you know, function of food is, is fuel right. and nourishment for your body. So if you're eating a huge meal at 9 o'clock at night, you're going to bed, right? So you don't really need that fuel at that time. Not that you can't eat that late, but, you know, trying to – front load so in the morning really eat a well-balanced great breakfast you know have a maybe have a nice snack balanced snack between lunch and breakfast and then having a more moderate sized lunch to help fuel you for the rest of the day and ideally dinner should probably be the smallest which for most of us it, it probably isn't but right. again listening to your body if you know you had a stressful day you were busy all day you're burning calories and you might need more fuel at that time so it really just depends yeah i mean i've like a lot of people have heard that don't eat late at night, right? Uh, it's bad to go to bed with your stomach full, right? Because your body has to work harder, right, to mm-hmm. to process the food. I was also reminded of, uh, you know, eating something good, balancing it with something bad. 
I've heard about like if you're eating something that's not so great, balance it with like a <laughs> salad or vegetables. So I don't know if that's just a wishful <laughs> thinking thing or if it really helps or not or like what's balancing what out. Yeah, but. I don't think it, I don't think our <laughs> body necessarily works like that. But we also have to remember the body's amazing and it adjusts to kind of our surroundings and our situations. So a lot of people think like, oh, my God, I've been eating so much. I'm going to gain weight. But or like, for example, like if someone hurts themselves, right, and they're used to exercising, but for now, like, they need to heal their body. They broke their ankle or something like that, and they are exercising less and still eating the same amount. Your body really adjusts to what's going on. Like, during that time of, you know, you broke a bone or something, your body needs more nutrients. So a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm going to gain weight, but that's not necessarily true. So it, the body kind of adjusts, which is pretty cool. So we should probably talk a little bit about plant-based eating, mm-hmm. right? Because that's <laughs> one of your passions and specialties. Yeah. Maybe we can start out with the question about plant-based diets ber- versus being vegan, right? There, mm-hmm. There is a, a mm-hmm. difference. Vegan is pretty much, well, I'm going to let you explain yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. So when I think of a veganism, I think of not just diet, right? I think of a lot of different things. So it starts off with diet where you are not eating any animal products, any no meat, no fish, um, no poultry, no dairy, no eggs, no milk, no animal products at all is, is what vegan is. But people go vegan for a lot of different reasons. So one reason is for their health. People choose that because there are definitely health benefits associated with being vegan. The other aspect is environment. Becoming vegan really helps to reduce our, you know, impact on the environment. Um, So a lot of people, a lot of younger people especially, will go vegan for that reason. And then animals is another aspect, animal cruelty, animal welfare. People will go vegan to also support the animals. Plant-based, on the other hand, is kind of more focused around the diet. And as a vegan, you really can be unhealthy, which people don't think of because they assume vegan with plant-based but it can be separate so like oreos for example are vegan right so you could be eating oreos vegan cupcakes potato chips you know lots and lots of sugar sugar right um and you're still vegan plant-based on the other hand is really eating plants and eating from the earth and trying to avoid all the processed sugary foods and instead getting your foods from vegetables whole fruits whole grains, um, legumes, nuts, seeds. So that's kind of the difference. Right. Yeah. So in general, even if you're not a vegan, obviously you can take advantage of the plant-based diets, and your philosophy is that we all should, right? Yeah. So I, you know, as I've grown in my practice and um, in the field, I realized I started off when I was in college um, working at the, the recreation center, the gym, as a nutrition advisor. And through that process and you know, through going through my internship and now being a dietitian, I realized the best way to kind of encourage people to eat more plant-based, which is something I think anyone can benefit from, is talking about more what people can eat rather than what they can't eat, right? So instead of saying, don't eat chicken as much, saying, try to eat more plant-based proteins in your diet. Because when right. you add more of the good stuff, you're naturally going to reduce some of the stuff that we might look as not not as good. Right. Um, so kind of really encouraging people, giving them resources, uh, how they can add more plant-based 
ingredients and meals into their diet rather than saying you need to go vegan because that doesn't work for everyone you know not everyone needs to be vegan or should be vegan Mm -hmm. or plant-based fully 100 percent it really i think anyone can benefit from moving in that direction but everyone has their own journey and their own path and some people get to it quicker some people take longer to get to you know that point but anything you do it's not like a zero to 100 kind of philosophy it's any good any good you're putting in your diet is going to help you so we were talking earlier about uh or we started talking briefly about proteins and mm-hmm. carbs yeah. and and the right mix and of course you know it, it depends on the person and the activity yep. level and all that being a vegetarian or a vegan it may it, might, it could be more challenging right as far as mm-hmm. proteins mm-hmm. But in general, is, is there a guideline mm-hmm. f- for the mix of protein and, and carbs? Yeah, yeah. So I think the first kind of myth that I like to address is the f- is protein, right? Right. Because people think you need so much protein in your diet to stay healthy if you're working out, you know. But that's really not the case. Our body can only really process so much protein at one time. If we put too much protein into our body, it puts a load on the kidneys and that you know, the kidneys will excrete what what it's not going to use. So the typical recommendation is that a healthy human um, needs about 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Um, And then as you get older, it's important to add a little bit more protein in your diet because you're losing um, muscle mass quicker. So, but basic, like for general population, like you need a lot less protein than people think. Right. So I like to start there. There are a lot of great sources of plant-based protein, including beans, lentils, uh, tofu, tempeh, nuts, seeds. All these things are rich in protein. And vegetables have protein too, right? So if you're eating a well-balanced diet, you know, with vegetables, whole grains, you know, beans, lentils, tofu, if you're willing to explore that area, you're going to be getting enough protein if you're eating enough calories for your body. Right. Yeah. So if you were to think of a plate, right, we try to encourage people to make at least a half or one third of their plate vegetables, low calorie, high fiber vegetables. So, you know, kale, broccoli, carrots, um, asparagus, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. There's so many. I can't even name them all. Um, And there's so many that I haven't even, you know, explored. There's there's so many vegetables to kind of explore with so trying to make half your plate because vegetables are filled with fiber Mm -hmm. and fiber is kind of the key to health in my opinion it helps with um weight weight maintenance weight loss it helps with healthy bowel movements healthy healthy gi tract or digestive system Um, it helps with blood sugar management it helps slow down the breakdown of the sugars in our diet specifically you know people with diabetes that's a really important key that we don't really talk about a lot it's got tons of benefits. It's great, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and a plant, you know, you can only find fiber in plant-based foods. Animal products don't have fiber, so I think that's a really important aspect. Because a lot of people, when when you're when you go vegan, they're like, "Oh, well, where do you get your protein?" Right. And I think a good question to pop back at them is, "Well, where do you get your fiber?" <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Because there's so many benefits right. to it, and it does fill you up, right? It does. So it does. I would say it fills you up in the short term, right? Because right. it's a lot of volume. Fiber it absorbs the water, so it, it fills you up. But long-lasting energy, probably if you only eat vegetables, you're going to be hungry in a few hours, right? right? So that's why it's important to kind of have that balanced diet where it 
adding those lean proteins with healthy carbohydrates or starches. So if you think of the rest of the plate, about a quarter of the plate, you want to do some sort of lean protein. So, you know, if you're going to choose animal-based proteins, sticking to like chicken, fish are probably your best options, more of the white meats. Right. You know, red meats are, you know, associated more with heart disease. It's, t- um, it's tougher to process too, right, mm-hmm. for your body? Yep. Um, they're, all animal products are going to have saturated fat and cholesterol, which is the stuff that we want to avoid. But it's going to be more concentrated in those red meats, specific, especially processed meats, like your oh, bacon, yeah. you know, sausages, all those things, lunch meats, like those you want to try to take out of your diet completely. And then if you're going to go more on the plant-based side of it, you know, throwing in some beans, lentils, tofu, tempeh, nut seeds, all those things would be kind of cusco, uh, sorry, quinoa is is I eat that a, a lot. <laughs> That's great. It's yeah. considered a grain, right? But it also has good protein in it. So, and then you know the protein's important because the protein sends sends a signal to your brain, really telling you, you know, I'm satisfied, I'm full. While the vegetables, that fiber in the vegetables, kind of more go to your stomach mm-hmm. to fill it up and kind of make you feel like you're full. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. And then the benefit of having some plant-based proteins in your diet, they also have fiber in them, unlike the animal proteins. So the plant-based proteins are kind of doing the brain and the stomach at the same time. Hmm. And then kind of taking that last quarter of your plate and putting some healthy carbohydrate on it. Like bread, right? (laughs) (laughs) So. I love bread. (laughs) That's why (laughs) I brought it up. (laughs) Me too. I really do. Um. So carbohydrates break down into sugar or mm-hmm. glucose. Right. Um, and glucose is what the brain wants. The brain f- is fueled the fuel. is right. fueled by glucose. Um, so if you start to take carbohydrates out of your diet, you might start to feel some brain fog, feel like you can't think clearly because your brain wants those carbohydrates. So instead of taking them out of your diet, it's important to think about what kinds of carbohydrates you're putting into your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is simple carbohydrates and then there's complex carbohydrates. The simple carbohydrates are like the the candy and the cookies and the sugar, all that processed. Right, the um, bad stuff. The bad stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. The complex carbohydrates are the ones that have fiber with them. So like whole whole wheat bread or brown rice, those things have lots of fiber in them, even though they have carbohydrates in them. So that, like I was talking about earlier, that fiber helps to kind of slow down that digestion of the sugars. To give so you that's that. a quarter, right? A quarter yep. of the plate? Yeah. So this is kind of just like the ba- the outline. Sure, it's a guideline. Again, you follow what, right. what your body wants. Right. Um, but it's, you know, learning. I think having those guidelines help to get to that point of what does my body need? Kind of mm-hmm. starting off with that half of the plate, low-calorie, high-fiber vegetables, one quarter protein, one quarter um grains and you mentioned colors earlier that that, that's another guideline right because that that kind of signals that you have variety in your food diversity in your food right because if it's all brown or yellow or green it's you know you you're you're, missing stuff you're missing something right so every um every vegetable is going to have multiple different antioxidants in them and different nutrients so really trying to get all of the colors on your plate throughout the day is going to enhance your diet and get you all the nutrients that really need you need to keep strong and healthy. 
So you mentioned earlier about eating uh, more hearty meals, I guess, earlier, right, and less hearty, mm-hmm. you know, towards dinner. If you have dinner, what, in your opinion, is like a good breakfast mm-hmm. to get started? And there's different camps, right? I, I've heard some people saying breakfast is not the most important meal of the day, <laughs> and some people don't have breakfast, mm-hmm. right? And some people are like, oh, yeah, no, you really got to load up on breakfast. Another Before I answer that, another interesting thing that I, I thought about is a lot of patients I have in the hospital that can eat, right, that we're just talking about their diet, they're like, I, I'm, you know, I've eaten so much less over the past couple weeks, couple months, and I'm gaining weight or I'm not losing weight. And, you know, there is a certain amount of calories that you actually need to eat to sustain your bodily functions, right, to keep you alive. So some people, you know, it kind of sounds counterintuitive, but if you're not eating enough, anything that you eat, your body's holding on to. So you may not even right. be, you know, really allowing your body to lose that weight or to stay in, in a healthy weight. So that's just something also interesting. So like, that's why I do encourage people to be eating kind of every couple hours because it, it, it makes sure that you're, you know. Keeps the engine exactly. running. Right. Yep. You actually um, burn more calories that way, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So healthy so breakfast. So breakfast, yeah. I think a good go-to is oatmeal oatmeal is packed with fiber you know it's a whole grain um so having a serving of oatmeal with berries blackberries blueberries strawberries cutting them up throwing them on top um you can sprinkle some or drip some peanut butter in there, almond butter to give you some healthy fats, some good protein. You can sprinkle some hemp seeds, chia seeds. Those are going to be packed with good fiber, healthy fats, good protein. Um, you can put some almonds on top. So kind of starting with oatmeal as your base and adding, you know, sliced bananas, some fruit, some healthy nuts, some fat. That's really great. You definitely need to put something into the oatmeal to give it some kind yeah. of flavor. Yeah, I, I can't eat it, you know, without something else on top of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will put like sugar or even maple syrup, which if you add in those fresh berries or the sliced bananas with the peanut butter, or the almonds or the seeds and the, the nuts, you're you're set. You don't even need that sugar because you're going to get that from the the fruit itself. How about a little honey? Is that okay? you can do small amounts of that i encourage you or i guess challenge you to try to not try it for a little while right. just putting some berries some nuts seeing how you like it and if you feel like you need a touch of honey or maple syrup that's fine but yeah, I, wouldn't remember, the, I wouldn't do the maple syrup but i mean i've done the honey before <laughs> remember I confess. that the the oatmeal is a carbohydrate so that's going to turn into sugar once it's digested so I just have to make sure it's tasty enough to, to yeah, eat it. Yeah, but yeah, you know, all the berries are great. Berries, berries are, are great. Berries great. are high antioxidants, so they'll be great. Another great one I like to do is uh, like a one or two slices of whole wheat bread, a uh, really nice whole wheat bread that's high in fiber, putting some peanut butter or almond butter on there, slicing up some, you know, bananas, putting that on top. It's filling. That sounds like a great breakfast, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do more of, you know, include some animal-based proteins in your diet, you can do, so eggs, there's a big, you know, misconception with egg. Can I eat it? Can I not? Oh, my God. I've <laughs> gone so much, like, I'm eating too many eggs. Do I need to eat more? To, like, yeah. you don't know. So. What's the latest with the eggs? <laughs> can we eat them or not? And how many? So, eggs, 
there's the egg yolk and then the egg white, right? Yes, right. The egg white has lots of the protein in it. Right. The egg yolk has nutrients, but also has that cholesterol and that saturated fat in it. Right. I would say that you, not that you can never eat the whole egg. I would try to eat the egg white more often and then once in a while have the, the, the full egg with the egg yolk because that cholesterol and that saturated fat and that is definitely going to have a, an effect on your, your health and potentially your cholesterol levels. So yeah, so you could do like a scrambled eggs. People do scrambled egg whites. They throw in some vegetables. Um, so you can, you can incorporate that too if you want to add in those more animal-based proteins. Mm -hmm. What else? I feel like having breakfast now. I even, know. even though it's like dinner time. Getting hungry. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about the food. With all the food that we've been talking about, it sounds like you really don't need any supplements. Why are we taking supplements? Why am I taking supplements, <laughs> right? It's what do like, you take? <laughs> so I take uh, B12, okay. uh, vitamin D, okay. and something called CoQ10, which okay. is supposed to be good for cardiovascular, uh -huh. right? And I do the um, the fish oil, the uh -huh. omega-3. Okay. Uh, I have like a, you know, in the fridge. So yeah. And it tastes great. It's like a little smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this stuff is great. So I take those things. And um, but again, getting back to the beginning, it was like, should I take them? Should I yeah. not take them? How much should I take now? I hear a lot about the vitamin D mm -hmm. and then how, you know, most of us are deficient in vitamin D and how it can help, you know, potentially against, you know, getting cancer and a mm -hmm. whole bunch of other things. Yeah. So that's the reason for the vitamin D. Mm -hmm. B12, of course, is for energy, right? Mm -hmm. And your metabolism. Uh, and the CoQ10 was the cardiovascular, mm -hmm. as is the omega-3, right? Yeah. So I that, think that's that, what I'm taking. Um, even though it sounds like, oh, we can have a balanced diet, it's easy. Right. It's often not easy. We have busy schedules, right? Food's expensive, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you, especially if you're living by yourself, buying all of these fresh produce and stuff can right. be a lot. And making it takes time. So working with a dietitian can help you to kind of figure out how can I incorporate all of this into my diet and how can I, you know, be eating this way all the time. But even as a dietitian, it's hard to do it. So um, I think that it's most beneficial to get these nutrients from your food because when you think of food, it's kind of like this package of everything combined into one. When you're taking a supplement, it's manufactured in a, you know, processing plan. And it's right. just that individual supplement without all the other benefits of what the food's going to provide but it can't hurt to take certain supplements so people will often take a multivitamin right to just you know make sure they're not missing anything from their food i used to do that i used to take a multivitamin at some point i just stopped because it has so many things in there yeah. right it's like it's like 50 things in there it's yeah. like do i really need all that it's like little small amounts of everything yeah i don't think it can hurt I think it can only kind of add a little bit of benefit. It's not going to like if you can't eat an unhealthy diet and then take a multivitamin and be like, I'm healthy. Right. right? It's not going to work like that, right. but it can kind of just like pick up the loose ends from your mm -hmm. diet. You're right about the vitamin D. I think everyone should be taking a vitamin D, especially living in this area of the country. You know, we don't get a lot of sunlight, um, which is really where we get our vitamin D from. So a vitamin D um, could definitely be beneficial for most people. B12. I think a lot of people think only if you're vegan you should be taking a or plant-based you should be taking a B12 supplement because a lot of people think that the actual animals what has the B12 in it but it's actually produced by bacteria in the soil so 
we've become so accustomed to cleaning off everything so well, right? Like making sure everything's super sterile, which kind of in a way is not good for us because we're missing some of those nutrients from the soil that we used to kind of be um, consuming. So also as you get older, you need um, the gastric acids in your stomach to really help break down um, to absorb the B12 and we start to lose that as we get older. So really anyone can benefit from a B12 supplement and it's a water soluble vitamin B12. So you can't really build up a toxicity to it. Um, so, you know, getting that, yeah, that shouldn't be an issue, um, for anyone, even if you're a meat eater, because, you know, meat is, is so different than it used to be. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of it's, you know, from manufacturing plants where all the animals are kept in small little cages and they're not grazing on the grass anymore. And, you know, they're missing, they're not getting that Mm -hmm. soil. They're getting, they're being fed feed. That's not going to necessarily contain that B12. Yeah, so I became a vegetarian probably, I don't have my dates right, probably like about a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. I watched What the Health, I think is what uh-huh. it was on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, I'm like, oh, wow, you know what? Like, I'm just, uh, you know, at that point, I was mainly just eating chicken for for the most part, you know, yep. you know white meat. And um, it hasn't really been, you know, hard to do. So I do eat a lot of the quinoa and a lot of beans and, you know, and vegetables. So, so you do recommend that people do get, some of the vitamin D. Mm-hmm, I think that's beneficial. That's I mean, beneficial. you can definitely go to your doctor and like of course. get a blood test. It's just to make sure, see what your level mm-hmm. is to start. Right. But most people are low or low mm-hmm. normal, you know. So, you know, there is a lot of new research going on how optimal vitamin D levels really do affect a lot of things. So making sure that your level is sufficient is, is good. Um, I think people can, like I said, benefit from a B12 and like, multivitamin if needed okay, great but those are the main ones i i you know fish oil i think is fine too but not necessarily necessary mm-hmm. but really trying to focus on getting your nutrients through your food i think is the key and using supplements like their name is right. like a supplement rather than i'm getting my nutrition it's from your backup it's not your primary uh exactly way, way to get nutrients mm-hmm. as a plant-based eater right you're your food typically has is less caloric, right? Mm-hmm. More nutrition, more nutrients in plant-based foods, but less calories. So you have to really eat more to be, you know, meeting your needs, which a lot of people like because they're like, oh, I can eat, I can eat more, and and I don't have to like count my calories, which I think is a interesting kind of like point of view from that from eating. But more it could plant-based. also be a lot of work if you're if you're a yeah. relatively. <laughs> tall bigger person right yeah. if you weigh you know 200 pounds and you're six something right and you're yep. eating plant-based you gotta eat a lot so it might be like oh yeah. my god like i can't eat anymore to, to get my 2500 or 3000 calories if it's you're like true. really big right yeah like my uh my boyfriend he i was he's not vegan he he eats meat and i was telling him i was like well like you know gorillas gorillas are are plant-based right and they're the strongest animals like elephants they all they eat is plants so like they have muscle right because a lot of people have this misconception you can't build muscle like as a guy or as a girl if if you're not eating meat and he, he was like yeah but like they eat all day and i was like that is a good point. Like, he's like, I need to work. I need to go to, like, I can't be eating all day. Like, I don't, I'm like, yeah, okay, horses that's fair, are the same, right? They're like, all the time. <laughs> exactly. They're constantly eating. So, 
there is that, you know, there is that point. <laughs> but as a vegan or as plant-based, like if you are trying to gain weight, because a lot of people go vegan to lose weight, right? Or plant-based to lose weight. But if you're trying to go plant-based, but you want to gain weight, adding more of those healthy fats into your diet is kind of how you're going to go about that. So avocados, nuts, seeds, olives, some oils, olive oil, hummus, tahini, all those things are going to be higher in calories, but still good for your heart rather than, you know, having bacon and animal fat in your diet. You've mentioned nuts a few times. What are the two or three types of nuts that you would recommend that people should be eating? Really what everyone should want. Are walnuts better than almonds or? Yeah, I would say probably walnuts and almonds are kind of the two that are going to have from the most nutrition in them. But really just, again, you know, there's so many pumpkin seeds. Um, What else is there? Uh, Sunflower seeds. Like they all serve different purposes. So like I like to, I think something that tastes really good is putting some um, sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds on the oven and getting them a little toasty and then putting them on a salad because it kind of gives like that crouton kind of crunchiness without the crouton, you know, not healthiness. <laughs> Croutons are good too, but, but I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, right. it, it, you can kind of adjust and put healthy things in replace of not so healthy things. I have a couple of questions here, a couple of, you know, quick kind of uh, answer questions. In the kitchen, do you have something that you've bought recently or maybe a while back ago that isn't all that expensive, but like it's really helpful for you to prepare your food or Hmm. i don't say i wouldn't say i have it recently but my friend recently brought bought an air fryer an air fryer i I hear a lot about the air fryers i'm interested in an air fryer i I should i should get one to really test it out but he loves it he says he can cook so many things in there a lot of people like like crock pots you know make a nice soup for the winter it's easy, quick. So those right. two, I don't have either of those actually. <laughs> I, my, well, the my, holidays are coming soon. Yeah, so. I also live in New York City, and my kitchen's very small, so I don't have a lot of space to really cook a lot. But when I go to my parents' house, we have a Vitamix, which is great. Yeah. Or even just a food processor. I recently, my mom um, started. She works at a elementary school. And she has been, over the past couple of years, developing this beautiful uh, garden with the kids. So there's a garden club of, I believe, fourth and fifth graders that come every Monday morning to learn about how to grow food and actually do it. That's awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. So I went to go visit the other week, and we picked basil from the garden. And I was like, hmm, what can I make with basil? So I made um, a plant-based pesto with the basil from the garden. Mm where I combined pine nuts with that, a little bit of olive oil, some water, nutritional yeast, which is like, um, it's like a flaky kind of ingredient that you can put into dishes that's plant-based that kind of gives things a cheesy feel. Mm, interesting. So we added that and uh, garlic, lots of garlic, maybe a wow. little bit too much garlic <laughs> and put that on top. Can there of the be nice too much garlic? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so actually. <laughs> Um, put that over a nice bed of like whole wheat pasta. Wow. Um, and it was delicious. It sounds delicious. Yeah. You were talking about uh, some of the equipment in the kitchen, and I was thinking about the juicing and in general and mm-hmm. fruits and sugars mm-hmm. and things like that, right? So there's a, you need to be careful, right, about 
juicing and fruits because of the sugars also? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so juices and smoothies are like another big topic a lot of people want to know about. So the main difference between the two is when you make a smoothie, you're putting all the ingredients into a blender and blending it up, right? Mm-hmm. So you're still getting all of the ingredients that you put in there. It's just kind of being pre-digested because, you know, the first point of digestion is you're actually chewing your food, right? Breaking it mm-hmm. down. That takes energy. So you're burning you're burning calories by just chewing. And then juicing is where you put vegetables or fruit into a machine that actually strips away all the fiber and leaves you with just the juice, the sugar. Sounds bad, really bad. <laughs> so yes and no. You know, you can get, there are nutrients in the vegetables and fruits that aren't necessarily in the fiber, right? So different antioxidants and vitamins that you can still get from juicing it. But if you're making a juice that's primarily from fruit, right, you're getting mainly sugar. If you're adding like celery, spinach, different vegetables, cucumbers, carrots, you're going to be getting less of that sugar, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Right, yeah. So you can juice like a whole thing of kale, right? Like three whole thing buckets of kale Mm -hmm. and be able to drink that in one sitting but you would never be able to eat all that so if you're going to be juicing making it primarily a vegetable juice with like maybe a little bit of fruit um so you're not getting as much sugar from that Mm -hmm. or as much concentrated sugar but and then the thing with smoothies is that like i said you're kind of pre-digesting it before you're actually drinking it so a lot of people that are just drinking lots of smoothies, I say, you know, a a benefit and a kind of pleasure in eating is chewing it and really taking that time to chew it. So if you're juice, if you're making smoothies for everything, you're missing out on that, which I tend to talk to my lab patients, like maybe lessen up on the smoothies and actually chew your food because you can get benefits and pleasure from just chewing. Makes sense. Yeah. I was thinking about the breakfast again and some of the rituals that people do in the morning. For example, uh, apple cider vinegar uh-huh. in the morning, right? Or or putting uh, lemons or limes mm-hmm. in your water. Do you recommend something like apple cider vinegar, a tablespoon of that every morning also? Yeah, I think that can be really cleansing for the body um, and kind of like, you know, shock it and get it going. But honestly, just drinking a glass of water, just a plain glass of water in the morning is going to be beneficial or heating up a glass of water, putting some lemon in it. Like that's going to be beneficial. Really just, you know, we, we tend to forget and I forget how important water is and our body is made up of so much water. Mm -hmm. Most of our body is water. So making sure that especially, you know, if you're being active, that you're replenishing that and, you know, making sure that you're drinking water throughout the day is super important and starting our day off cleansing your body by getting some water and it's going to get it going just had the thought about apps because when you're talking about water there's all these apps that help you track everything right yeah Yeah. are there apps that you use or did you know that people use to help them with nutrition or anything food related so i'm not a big proponent of like tracking your calories tracking i think writing if you really want to see what you're eating really just writing down what you're eating and kind of like portions of what you're eating i don't really believe in calorie counting maybe not all the time like i a while back ago when i was a little bit heavier and i was trying to lose a couple of pounds i, I did use an app this is this is several years ago 
Um, and I found some benefit in that it mm -hmm. gave me an idea of how many calories I was eating. I know I had some kind of a scanner, like you could scan like a box or you can uh -huh. like punch in like stuff and it'll give you like, it'll give you a rough idea. I think that it's like a slippery slope for some people. I think it can become obsessive and remembering that all calories are not equal. So for example, you might find an energy bar that's 100 calories, 150 calories, and then you have a banana with peanut butter or almonds and an apple, which is going to be more calories than 100. But where are you really getting the benefit from, right? If you look at the ingredients of the energy bar, it's probably filled with sugar and processed kind of ingredients that necessarily isn't going to give you good nutrition, good energy, but it's lower in calories. So remembering that not all calories are e created equally, I think is also important if you're going to be tracking calories. Right. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, I know that hiring a dietitian, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, w I went to your website earlier and I see that you offer services mm -hmm. similar to what we were talking, talking about earlier, right? About assessing people yeah. and yeah. where they're at and helping them with their nutrition, who should hire a dietitian? I think, I think a lot of people can benefit from working with a dietitian. Um, if you're making a change to your diet, right, if you're going plant-based or you're trying to incorporate more plant-based foods, really um, working with someone who kind of is ex has an expertise in it is going to be beneficial just to make sure you're on track. Some people might need one session with a dietitian and then they're good to go. Other, might, other people might need, need multiple sessions and kind of that accountability to get them to their goals. So it really depends. I think that really anyone can benefit from one because who knows if what you're doing is kind of beneficial for you, right? Because sometimes we think we're doing things right, but until we look at it from an outside perspective, we don't always know. There's also a coaching aspect to it, right? So you're Definitely. so you're helping the person, you set a goal and there's like a follow-up. Exactly. And, you know, if, you, if you're not... If you're not meeting the goal, then you can try it the following week. And most people it's like know. It's like a buddy. It's like somebody who's helping you along the path, right? Honestly, a lot of nutrition is the the psychology of it, and most people know what they should and shouldn't be eating. It's it's not necessarily rocket science, right? <clears throat> but how do you actually do that, right? The behavior change is like a really, really important and kind of essential part of being healthy mm -hmm. and that is like the really hard changing habits right mm -hmm. um that's what's really hard for people and working with a dietitian you can they can help you to get on that path and like you exactly said setting goals really specific goals i think it's important to like have an overarching goal and then smaller goals to get to that higher goal and really really it sounds kind of silly breaking it down writing your goals out putting them on the fridge, like small goals, right? I'm going to, you know, have one balanced snack, you know, this week and this is what I'm going to have and really just like crossing it off your list because the more we accomplish, the more we, we can get, the bigger goals we can set. Right. Are clients typically checking in weekly or monthly? I know it varies by by different people. but Yeah, it varies. For Yeah, so like it, it definitely varies. For me, my business that I have, my plant-based nutrition counseling business isn't my full-time job so it's not what I'm doing all the time so for me it's a little bit different but for someone that is that's their full-time job it really depends so like people might be checking in weekly right if they're need more accountability some people might need three-month check-in it really just depends on kind of what mm -hmm. your goal is and 
how comfortable you are kind of navigating your goal by yourself or if you need that support, which isn't bad. It's just everyone's different. Right. And I saw on your website, one of the services that you provide is helping people at the grocery store or the supermarket. So can you tell us just a little bit about that and maybe give us some, at least one tip on when you go shopping? Yeah. Something you definitely should do or definitely you shouldn't do? Yeah. I mean, there's so many options in the grocery store, right? And it's packed with things and it can definitely be overwhelming. But I think learning first how to read a nutrition label is really important, right? Because there's so many different things on the label and kind of focusing on kind of what can I, what is the healthy, what's the important message from the label? And then, um, so we'll go through that with, with the person I'm working with. And I think a basic tip that's really important is kind of like search the perimeter of the store because that's a lot of times we're going to find the fresh the fresh produce kind of the vegetables the fruits starting with the outside and then slowly making your way through the aisles and trying to not get wrapped up in like all the this is low fat this is low carb really learning to like read the label and then go from there I know I definitely always pay attention to the how many servings Mm-hmm. And the serving size. Yeah, that's 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 a good thing. Because it, it might look like, oh, it's only a few calories and it's not so bad. And then, wait, well, serving size is one little thing. Exactly. And there's 100 in the box. And once I start eating one, I'm going to eat all 100. Yeah, that isn't really important looking at how many servings are in the box. And all the numbers you see, all the, the calories, right. the protein, the, sh- the sodium, that's, that's for one serving, right. not the whole container. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is important. But unfortunately, some of these foods which are processed, if you eat mm-hmm. any of them, once you start, it's like... They're addictive. Yeah, they, they are addictive, yeah. Yeah, so trying to um, get as much fresh and and plant-based foods as you can. But, you know, fresh produce isn't always the best for people, right? It's It, it spoils fast. It's hard, um, yeah. It, it's hard to right. keep good. And if you're not using it to feed yourself or feed your family it can go bad and then you're wasting money. So I oftentimes encourage people to also go into the frozen section and not buy the frozen meals that come prepackaged that you put in the microwave, but getting frozen vegetables is just as good as fresh. Um, There's no negative, you know, you can take that bag of frozen vegetables and pop it in the microwave or open it up, stir fry up those vegetables and those are going to be just as good as the nutritionally as the fresh so it's an option for people that either can't afford you know fresh organic produce Um, they can always go for the frozen you said that third rail uh word in, in the food industry organic yeah so maybe we'll touch upon it before we wrap up there's so many, uh, some people don't really believe in organic. I mean, mm-hmm. all this labeling, right? It depends which yeah. country it's coming from. Mm-hmm. How do we really know? What does it really mean? Yeah. What's your view on organic versus fresh, but maybe not organic? I think it can be complicated. And we don't also know what's going on, you know, at the farm. Behind the scene, the, right. Behind the scenes, exactly. So my suggestion would be that certain fruits and vegetables are more beneficial if you buy them organic and some aren't. So things that have thicker um, skins, like an orange, for example, that thicker skin of the orange is going to protect from pesticides getting in. So an orange, for example, or an avocado or a banana, those things with the thicker that you're not actually eating, you're not eating the skin of the fruit, 
it's not as important that it's organic. It's not as important. Okay. Apple, berries, um, pears, peaches, those things where you're eating the skin or the skin's very thin, there's more chance that pesticides will get in, that things that you don't want in the fruit will get in or the vegetables. So if you can, buying those organic would be beneficial. But again, just just because you eat organic doesn't mean that you're healthy. Right. 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 So it, it, again, thinking of your health as a whole rather than, oh, I eat organic, so I'm healthy. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I know organic's much more expensive. Right. But if you can, you know, if you're eating those foods that are at higher risk for having issues with being, you know, with the pesticides and all that stuff, then... So grapes is another example of that, right? Yeah, yeah you would probably want to try to buy grapes that are organic if you can. Super expensive. I know. Yeah, there's, they're expensive. So right. doing the best you can sure. without going crazy or not overseeing your budget, right? Because your mental health also, which is a whole other aspect, plays a huge part on your health. And if you're stressed out about not being able to buy all these things organic, that's going to also negatively affect your health. Mm-hmm. So doing the best you can... And not, not getting too anxious about it, I think, is also key. As we get closer to wrapping up here, are there certain things that you want to tell the audience about food and nutrition? I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, we did cover a lot of, a lot of stuff in, this, yeah. in the show. but Yeah, I think that there's so much to learn about nutrition that I'm still learning as I go through my journey as a dietitian. I think, again focusing on your overall well-being and your overall health, looking as, at food as how can I be more balanced in each of my meals rather than how can I get more of this nutrient, specific nutrient, kind of look at the overview of your, of your food and make sure it's balanced and you're trying to get as many colors in your diet as you can. Eating, incorporating more plant-based foods into your diet is only going to be beneficial for your health, give you more fiber, healthy fats, great protein, I think that there are some great resources to kind of um, get you going. One of my favorite resources is a website called Lighter, uh, lighter.world. It's a website, L-I-G-H-T-E-R dot world, W-O-R-L-D. It's a, it's a, I guess it's a meal planning website. It's completely plant-based. So basically it's, it's free to sign up. There is a paid membership that you can purchase that I believe you have other features like talking to a dietitian or seeing exactly the makeup of your food, the exact calories, protein, all the different vitamins. To get going, you only really need the, the basic free membership, but you basically sign up, make an account. You answer all these questions, basically, like how much time do you have to cook breakfast, lunch, dinner, what utensils, what um, equipment do you have at home? Are you cooking for one person, multiple people, kind of all these different questions to kind of personalize it to you. And then it creates a week full of um, different uh, recipes for you, three options for breakfast, three options for lunch, three options for dinner. And they're really simple, healthy, plant-based meals that you can start with. And you can create different lists and print out grocery lists. So I just think it's a great way to kind of give you some variety and options in your diet while still eating plant-based. Because a lot of people think that being vegan or plant-based is restrictive or takes away or you can't eat as much as you used to. But you really become kind of explorative and you learn different grains and vegetables and fruits and you learn how to kind of mix them up and create really awesome, delicious, nutritious food. And lighter.worlds helps to kind of get you going on that. So I think that's a great website. 
there's a great group in D.C. called Physician Committee for Responsible Medicine, PCRM.org. And they are a group of doctors, dietitians, researchers, different health practitioners that really look into the research behind why plant-based is great for you and how to do it. And they have a lot of great uh, resources on their website. There's a lot of different blogs that give you some options of how to create great plant-based meals to get you going. So there's a lot of resources there. I have my own website. So I am going to, of course, in the show notes, list all the links. Okay. And uh, we're going to put up your website. And where can people find you on on social networks? Do you normally find you on Twitter or somewhere else or or through the website? Yeah, you can go to the website or you can email me um, at Haley at plantbasedrdn.com. And I can send you more resources. If you have more questions, feel free to reach out. If you would like to work with me, you know, you can always do that too. But I can be a resource for any questions as well. There's an infinite number of questions, I think, on this topic. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so really I, I might end up sending you some email or <laughs> contacting you again. Sounds good. Um, so I've learned quite a bit on the show today and I'm hoping that the audience will also, uh, again, I'm going to link to all this information and thank you so much for coming in and sharing all your knowledge with us. Of course. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to see show notes and related links please visit us at bodybalancehoboken.com slash podcast. So until next time, remember, it's your life, live it well.